Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. All right. Well, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich Birch. So glad that you've decided to spend some time with us today. We have a real treat on the show today. We have Dan Ryland from 12 Stone Church. Super glad to have you on the show today, Dan. Thanks. It's great to be with you, Rich, and I'm looking forward to our time together. Ah, thank you so much. Well, Dan, for folks that don't know you or your ministry, the church you're at, why don't you give us a bit of your context? Tell us a little bit about where you are. Sure. Well, I'm a transplant from San Diego, and I've uh, been in Atlanta, Georgia now 17 years with, with, with uh, John Maxwell for 20 years in ministry, but now at 12 Stone Church, a multi-site, four campuses, and uh, I've been here, can you believe it, uh, 12 and a half years, <laughs> and I serve as exec pastor. Wow. Not a lot of people leave San Diego and go anywhere. That must have been a, the call of the Lord. It, it, you know what? When you trade the Pacific Ocean for the Chattahoochee River, you know that's God. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's, uh, that's amazing. As beautiful as the Chattahoochee is. You know? Right, right. <laughs> when it's actually moving, you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's, that's fantastic. So now, um, why don't you tell us, flesh it out a little bit more. Tell us about 12 Stone, your multiple campuses. You know, give us a sense of the, of, of the ministry for people who haven't heard about it before. Yeah, well, uh, the church is, is 25 years old. Uh, the founding pastor, Kevin Myers, is still here. And yet, uh, we feel in many ways that we rebirthed it about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, when we built another building, went multi-site and uh, changed the name. And we did a lot of radical, radical moves. And so, it's, we kind of like to say it's, a, it's an eight-year-old church or a nine-year-old church with 25 years of history. <laughs> right. And, and uh, you know, we, we, there's a lot of creative uh, energy in our worship services, mm-hmm. um, a passion for evangelism. And of course, with uh, both Kevin and I being mentored by Maxwell, leadership development is a dominant theme. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get there's nothing we get more excited about than when people come to Christ. Period. Bottom line. Absolutely. And of course, with, with Easter, with Easter coming, we're we're you know twenty one twenty something services, something like that coming up, and we're fired up. Oh, that's amazing. You know, that'll be uh, that'll be great. Yeah, for folks who don't know, we're recording this right before Easter. And so, Dan, I really appreciate you giving us time, uh, you know, in that busy schedule. I know that's always a, a tricky time leading up to uh, that point. Now, clearly you're leading, you know, in a fairly large church context. Um, you know, it's a growing, thriving ministry. But, you know, Dan, when you think about um, kind of the, the kind of big church, small church dichotomy, why is it that you think some churches grow and others don't? Well, I, I think for me, I always, I always start with this sort of foundational thought, and that is next to the favor of God. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you've got to start there, next to God's favor. And I'm not revealing necessarily a theological platform there, or we could go there if you want. <laughs> but ne- next to the favor of God, everything rises and falls on leadership. I, I really believe that. And so, without indicting anybody, I've been indict myself the same way, I think if there's a problem, and if the church isn't growing, the place we've got to start is with the leader. Hmm. We've got to, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's and and so you mean the kind of the senior leader, the structure of how the church is is structured uh, from a leadership point of view. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think well, it, you know, if we say if we really believe it rises and falls on leadership next to the favor of God, I think we have to start with that uh, with the senior leader and the senior staff that group uh, because that's that's again, that doesn't mean the person's a bad leader. Right. It it just means that's where we go try to uncover things. 
and in the larger church context, you know, typically we'll, we'll find a breakdown somewhere in one of key, key tensions. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, the, the three big ones we always look at and examine and ask ourselves honest questions are the, the tensions of, of uh, uh, spirit over systems, you know, Holy Spirit over mm-hmm. systems, because systems are important. You've got to have them. Right. But the Spirit's got to be over them, relationships over results, mm-hmm. and mission over machine. Mm-hmm. Because because the the systems want to take over, right? They want to squelch the spirit, and but you've got to fight to keep the the Holy Spirit preeminent, and and uh, results. You know, we clamor for results, we drive for results, and results are important. Results matter. Mm-hmm. Kingdom results matter, but mm-hmm. relationships have to stay on top. Right. And then the the third one we just really wrestle with all the time is is mission over machine because the, the the machine will take over it will gobble up the church you know absolutely yeah it that's wants true. to and even in small churches the machine is just busyness right um, in the large church it's a little bit different but but in either one those those tensions if you don't wrestle them down they will eat your lunch yeah so now there's a you know a number of church leaders that are listening in from you know smaller churches what would your advice be on the kind of things they should be focusing their leadership on uh, if they're really looking to grow what are those you know obviously you've given us some great tensions there what are a few things that you think they could be they should be focusing on for the smaller churches yeah yeah yes. yeah well i could give a long list so I'll, I'll give you a few at a time and you tell me if i'm out of time <laughs> right that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> i think i think i think it sort of begins with how you think hmm and and um, and sort of shifting, and I don't want to sound uh, contradictory, but focusing on the fact that really it's about life change, not about the size of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it, honestly, uh, uh, candidly, I'd rather see a church of sixty-four become a church of seventy. Right. You know, with with ten or fifteen salvations that year, than I would see a church that's five hundred and stayed 500 or went to 600 and no one got saved. No, there was no marriages got transformed. Nothing, nothing happened. So I think, I think that's a good, that's not an excuse. It's just a place of how to think. Mm-hmm. And so with, with that, and you know, I like to ask, you know, really key questions like, you know, is the gospel being taught? Right. Uh, are, are, uh, is there a vision for reaching lost people? Are lives being changed? And kind of that, over overriding kind of top-notch kind of thinking mm-hmm. once, once you sort of establish that and of course we could talk about that a, a lot <laughs> right exactly but once once that's established there's three things that i always want to talk about anytime i get to talk with a particularly a leader of a small church um and and they are i'll just list them for you and then yeah. we can talk about them as much as you want yeah definitely because we could spend hours on on all of them but but they there really are the, the three drivers and it's one is prayer second is evangelism and third is leadership development. And what surprises me is when I, I don't have as much time these days, but when I did travel a, a great deal, full time in fact, with uh, Maxwell and Enjoy, mm-hmm. those three things when I was in the smaller churches were the three things they were least of. Interesting. They were busy, they were discipling, they were preaching, they were visiting, they were good people, they were fellowshipping, they were having dinner on the grounds, you know. Mm-hmm. But but when I looked for evidence, and not a prayer meeting, but I mean prayer and outreach and leadership development, couldn't find it. I mean dominantly couldn't find it. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I was I was met with a church um, just last week that um, you know, they've kind of 
they're coming to the end, really. They're, they're down to single digit number of people attending on a Sunday. Um, and they're trying to figure out what they do next, you know, and they're, mm. they've kind of come to that. Um, they're trying to figure out what it looks like to, you know, what, you know, it's sad. It's like to, talking about disposing of assets and, you know, that sort of stuff. And it's, it a, is it's, 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 it's a tough, yeah, it's a tough conversation. Yeah. Um, but what would you say, like, let's just walk through those. So let's okay. say prayer. So I'm, you know, I'm leading in a church. Um, and I want to turn up the prayer temperature. What are some yes. initial steps? No one's going to be, no one's ever going to say, Hey, I don't want to pray. <laughs> you know, no right. one's going to say that. Right. How can, and, what are some steps you could take on that front? Great, Rich. And, and, and here too, my great risk at saying prayer and evangelism, people going, yeah, 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 duh, duh. Right, right. Me, th this is what it's about. But you know what? It is. So good question. The first thing, the first thing is it needs to be passion, not program. Too often, when I do find what I find, um, and again, all prayer is great, obviously, but I'll find like a prayer chain, a telephone chain, or or, or a prayer meeting, and I'm going to be blunt if that's okay, <laughs> and, and the, the prayer meeting is more about sharing prayer requests and and and, and talking than it is prayer. Right. And and so. I would encourage the leaders to first examine their own prayer life, not about guilt, not about do you rise at four in the morning, mm -hmm. nothing like that, but just is your prayer life robust and on fire? Second, do you have um, environments and places where you pray intensely? Wait, I'll give you one example for us, mm -hmm. where you pray intensely for your ministry, but it's not a program. It, you don't mm -hmm. even care how many people are there necessarily. They're more organic, and it's just part of the life of the church. For example... Uh, for years and years and years, I mean decades, I guess, really, because of Kevin, the, 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 a few leaders, and really not a, not a lot, maybe 20, 25 people, you know, would get, we gather every Saturday night for one hour mm. to, to pray over every chair in the auditorium, praying over the message, mm. asking God to come, the Holy Spirit to show up, power to show, literally walking the room, praying over the message, praying over the worship, praying over the chairs, asking God to just do His work for an hour every never, ever, ever miss. Now, because we've gone to multi-site, because we've gone to um, you know Saturday night service and stuff, now it's on Saturday morning at 7.30 right. because we'd have to do it before obviously but that's an example and we have another example is we have prayer warriors that pray through the service every service during the wow. service yeah that's amazing and and so those kinds of things that are more intense about the ministry rather than quote a a, a prayer meeting absolutely yeah, yeah i think a part of you know something to capture there that i really appreciate a lot of times when i've kind of seen behind the curtain of growing thriving churches there is that kind of private prayer stuff like you're saying the 7:30 saturday morning i was talking to a church just this morning who um they it just kind of fell out of this leader they were saying well yeah they a part of their saturday morning or sunday morning ritual at the church that they're in or their routine um they they're multi-site and they were meeting in a in a in a movie theater and they do the same thing they're like they they're worship team comes a few minutes early so they can pray through, you know, every space that they meet in. And yep. that's a, that's a private thing. That's not seen by people in the church. It's not seen by people. People, right. people see the like lights and cameras and all that stuff. Uh, but this and kind the, of prayer behind the scenes is critically important. And, and we our our board is the same thing. We'll, we'll spend a huge chunk of our board meeting in prayer. No one ever sees that. Sometimes we'll, 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 we'll move rooms and just really get an intent prayer. One of the things I'd love to share on the prayer thing mm -hmm. is uh, Kevin never never has instituted it, and I never would either, but he's never instituted it for the staff 
as a mandatory thing. Right. And I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. In other words, this is here. This is what we do. These are the, the environments in which we gather and huddle up. And you're obviously all invited. But it's, there's no mandate. It's more let your heart mandate it. Right. Absolutely. So evangelism, that's some good handles there on prayer. And um, evangelism, what are some kind of steps that some, you know, initial churches could say, hey, um, you know, we want to take some new steps in, in outreach. What could that look like? I would say right off the top, get out of the classroom and get in the community. <laughs> I think we often, and I was, I did this for many, many years, and I'm going to recommend that you don't, is, is you know, 27 more classes on apologetics and <laughs> how to win someone to Christ and just all these, and you know what? <laughs> No criticism. I did it. They're right. good stuff. I, I love RZIM. I mean, the, you know, the great ministries, great stuff. But really, I think we all should tip our hat to Andy Stanley when he taught us invest and invite. Yeah. And and that's it. Right. Just go make a friend right. and invite them to church. We we tell our people that if you'll invite someone to church, you're an evangelist. Absolutely. Get them into a faith-producing environment. So I would say get out of the classroom, get in the community, make a friend, invite them to church. Don't make it complicated. Just right. don't make it complicated. I think one of those things, and I'm sure you've seen this in your dynamic in your own life, I've seen it in my life, when you bring someone who doesn't normally attend church to your church, it's amazing how you see everything differently, right? You start to see the, the, the church through a different set of a different lens, and that's a powerful tool for church leaders. Powerful tool, yeah, powerful tool. Absolutely. The, th the, things, the things, we care about different things when the unchurched show up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Our next door neighbor, it was one of those, you know, we've been inviting her for years. And then all of a sudden, one Sunday, she called, or Saturday, she called, she said, it's okay if I come with you to church tomorrow? And we're like, yes, that is okay. <laughs> and, and it was funny because, you know, I, I don't know about at, at, at your at 12 Stone, but, you know, we have like big days every year that are like, you know, super important. Obviously, any weekend's a great weekend to show up for the first time. But the particular weekend she was coming, there wasn't anything really big or different going on. It was a normal weekend. Um, and I remember thinking, I was like, oh, I wish you would have come at the beginning of this series or whatever. Uh, but it's amazing how clarifying that is. And it's it's great. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, great yeah. steps. What about leadership development? This is a huge area, obviously critically important. Um, what are some steps that a small church could take um, in this area, some initial kind of baby steps in leadership development? Absolutely. Um, uh, two words and then th and then three and then three little steps. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and honestly, what I'm going to share is the foundation of everything we do here that would be much more involved and much more elaborate. But two words to grab hold of would be simplic uh, uh, simplicity and consistency. Mm. If you don't make it simple, you're going to quit. You're just—I right. promise you—you're going to stop because, you know, you've got to have work. You got to have leaders in the nursery. You've got to write a message. You've got, the stuff that you've got to do, I promise, will crowd out the stuff that you don't have to do, and you don't have to do leadership development. You know, I'll see them. Well, we'll do it next month, or we'll do it mm. next month. Well, so well we'll go. To, we'll go to Catalyst, and we'll call it good. You know, I say, <laughs> well, <laughs> right. Catalyst is awesome, but that's not the answer. So. Right. Make it simple or you won't do it, and then keep it consistent. Because if you don't stay consistent, steady, 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 not a big program, not a sexy event, but steady, steady, steady. If you don't stay consistent, you won't see the results. Right. So simplicity gets you consistency. Consistency gets you results. Got to do simplicity and consistency. So this is how simple it is. You're going to go, really? Really? <laughs> but but I, I promise if, if we unpack, which we probably don't have time for, the depth of which we do it here, this is at the bottom of all of it for really for 20, me, me 25 years of doing this. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's get a group, pick a book, 
ask to ask two questions. Mm. That's it. Right. Get a group, pick a book, ask two questions. So I'll unpack that really quick, and then if you want to go farther, we can. <laughs> uh, get a group is just what it means. Whether you huddle up five people or seven people or thirteen people, and they are they could be a staff, they could be non-staff. In in the case of, uh, case of a smaller church, your staff may all be volunteers. Right. It may, it may be a combo. It's just you grab your leaders or your potential leaders, your top group. Put them together, meet once a month, I recommend once a month, and and huddle up for, for a, a leadership conversation. Second, pick a great book. And there's only a gazillion of them out there <laughs> of, of, of great leadership books. And literally, you can do anything from knock the entire book out in one discussion in two hours, or my recommendation would be something like, you know, take knock out a chapter or a section per per month mm-hmm. where you, you get in at two hours and, and you're just you're just digging through the book. You're just climbing through the book in a great conversation together. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the leader, of course, he's going to bring, he or she's going to bring nuggets and thoughts to the table and we've taken it to a place where we're going to do probably an hour teaching out of the book, you know, kind of a thing. But, but don't start there because if right. you don't start simple, you won't keep doing it. Right. Then the two questions, uh, and obviously you can you can write thirty nine questions, but you can just do two, and you can pull it off really well. Is what are you learning? Just go around and talk about throughout the chapter with everybody in the group. What are you learning? And second, how are you applying it to your ministry or to your life in general? Mm-hmm. What are you learning, and how are you applying it? Honestly, that's it. Get a group, pick a book, ask two questions. Nice. If you'll do that for a long, 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 long time with multiple groups, oh my gosh. Right, it'll make a huge difference, right? Tons of traction off that, definitely. Massive. Nice. Now, what would you say, you know, what are some advantages you say that a small church has over a large church? You know, if if you're sitting in a large church, you're like, gosh, I really wish we were a small church for these reasons. What would that be? Well, (laughs) you can get in and out of the parking lot a whole lot easier. (laughs) Very true. You'd be surprised how much we spend on police officers and how mad neighbors get. I'm for real, how mad neighbors get at us. And and they love our – some people leave our central campus to go to our smaller ones because they can get in and out of the parking lot. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) You know, and and, and, but uh, more – that's serious, but more seriously. Yeah. uh, I would say, again, start with how you think. Mm Mm-hmm. And and when you start with how you think, I, I would I would share. Remember that more people prefer smaller churches than people prefer larger churches. Mm, so true. And so we don't have to apologize. We don't have to feel bad. And and large churches always start start small. Mm-hmm. But people in general across America actually prefer a smaller environment because they can negotiate it better. They can navigate it better. Mm-hmm. Um, the truth be told, if they could have all the talent and leadership and excellence of a large church in a small church, they'd go. That they would take that. Yes. And that's why I think campus ministry is is flourishing because you're getting these big churches who are shipping that quality to the smaller venues, and people love it. Mm-hmm. So, I think some of the more listy kind of things that would come to mind would be one: it's it's locally based. It's much more. Organic. In the community, it's yeah. it's it's in the community. They can res- they can see what God's up to. They can see an immediate need, and jump in that immediate need and make a real live impact. And and the more you do that, the more the reputation of the church rises up as a church that matters, a church that's changing lives. Yep. I think another one. Uh, they're they're more agile. Mm-hmm. 
they can move faster. You know, it's the difference between twelve stones more like a, a an aircraft carrier, and <laughs> right. and it's strong, it's powerful, but it moves slow. Right. Where where the smaller churches has a more of a, a speedboat, a ski boat vibe. Yeah, totally. They can turn fast and move fast and respond fast and change fast, and flip and do things. That that's really good. I think of the obvious one is relationships. Right. Uh, even the best of the best of larger churches, all you know, we we struggle sometimes keeping up. And who are you? And what's your name? And right. we try hard, but it, that's difficult when there's fifteen thousand people. You know? Yeah, absolutely. But but the relationship aspect, um, and then which is step into another one, the personal care. Mm. Uh, people, you're, you're the, a pastor and staff and 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 board, their ability to personally care for, which lends to a, another one. I'll give one more. <laughs> is is discipleship right um one of the great great trades and tensions in a larger church is discipleship becomes complicated mm. and we get criticisms of being surface and those kinds of things and we work hard and dig hard and we own that problem we own that issue right but in a smaller environment um there's nothing that stops you from deep and profound discipleship with pretty much everybody in the church who wants to right exactly you know i've served in you know fairly large churches over the years and i went through a season where it was actually it was a privilege i got a chance to have a number of kind of exit interviews as people were leaving our church going you know to another church we were trying to be proactive to listen and learn um, and it was interesting in, in all of those conversations, people weren't leaving our fairly large church and going to another fairly large church. They were always choosing a much smaller, um, you know, triple digits, a hundred person church, 110 person church. Um, and which, yep. which was a profound lesson. I'm like, yeah, that is, you know, we get caught up, I think in the programming and all that stuff that a large church can give you. Um, but that wasn't, at least in that case, that wasn't what people were, uh, were choosing. Um, is there anything else you'd love to share with people today before we jump into the lightning round? Um, maybe one other thing, or maybe one or, one or two things. Um, uh, and again, we can go uh, just short if you want. Mm-hmm. I, I really strongly encourage uh, leaders of smaller churches to lean out their ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a direct correlation. I'll go, I'll go quick on this. There's a direct correlation between the size of smaller churches and how many ministries they have. I'll give you right. a recent illustration True Live in a course we were teaching uh, in a part of a master's program, there was a church with 104, 100 and, was it 104? Yeah, 104 people in the church and 54 ministries. Oh my goodness! Wow. And and they, and they said, I don't know, I don't know why we're stuck. Well, I can tell you why you're stuck. You're, you, you, no one church can do everything. Right. And and you've got a parent down. The largest, fastest growing churches are very, very, very lean. Right. And we need to get freed up to re- feel that realize. You don't have to do everything, right. and 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 God doesn't even think you can do everything. Right. So so I, I I would recommend the book if if this is a struggle and they need to pare down, and how to do that I would recommend Tom Rainer's book Simple Church. Absolutely great book. That's a a great tool for for a guy to get a hold of and, and wrestle down. Uh, how you do that, of course, is a very uh, <laughs> careful process. You don't just yes. stand in the pulpit and say, "We're going to lean it out," you know. Right, and, right, right. Because you you might be the one out, but but <laughs> exactly. But it's a slow, slow, steady process. And I would just offer one first step: mm-hmm. um, uh, is stop adding. Just stop. Right. That's the first. Just stop adding, and then slowly begin pruning out the less productive, the less effective. So. 
that's the one I would add as a as an add-on that I think is really important. Absolutely. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, here we are uh, in the lightning round. We, this is the part of the show where we step through the same questions with church leaders from a wide variety of backgrounds. Today we have Dan Ryland on the show from 12 Stone. Super glad to have Dan with us today. Dan, what's an online resource that you're using these days that's being particularly helpful for you? Well, because of my role as executive pastor, I find myself going back and back again to churchstaffing.com. It is it is probably the best resource, really helps us out in finding, staffing, resourcing, discovering people, lots of tools from resumes to, you know, everything you can imagine. Um, I'd like to throw in a different thing here yeah, to, to offer something that we're so excited. It's an online resource, and we just launched it. Uh-huh. Uh, we get calls constant for, can we have this? Do we have your usher manual? Can we have your new Christians? Can we get that uh, sermon that, you know, and the video you guys didn't? I mean, we just launched um, resources.12stone.com. Nice. Resources.12stone.com. And we're slowly uh, filling it up. Everything's free. Everything's absolutely free from just hundreds. Soon there'll be hundreds and hundreds of resources on there. And we're hoping that I just got a call the other day and I got to tell them it was from Jakarta, Indonesia, asking for our usher manual. Very cool. And I said, not only can you have it, here's our new site and it's a strong engine. Mm -hmm. You can have anything you want. (laughs) They got so excited. They got so excited. That's fantastic. We'll link to that in the show notes so people can make sure they go over there and try that. We're always looking for for free resources for church leaders, for sure. Uh, What's a book that you've read in the last, I don't know, six months or a year that's had an impact on your ministry? Uh, Last one, uh, last one in the six months would be uh, uh, Boundaries for Leaders Mm. by Henry Cloud. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, good book surprised me. I, w- I, th- I thought I wouldn't like it because I thought I'd be too counsely. Right. But it was actually <laughs> quite strategic. And, right. and, uh, but there was a chapter that sort of was provided the hook for the book mm. and was worth the whole thing. I taught a lesson on it. And, and uh, Cloud talked about the fact that he said, you are ridiculously in charge. Mm. And he unpacked what that means and how, how we behave and how we don't when – when in fact we're ridiculously in charge and underneath that was a driving thought of take a look at your culture, take a look at your church, take a look at what you have. Mm-hmm. And and everything there you either created or allowed. <laughs> wow. And That's convicting. That, that was convicting for me. I thought, wow, when I look around, everything, at least with staff and ministries, I either created it or allowed it. Right. And what? And I thought, okay, if I if if Cloud's right and I'm ridiculously in charge, then, <laughs> then I've got to do something, you right. know. So that's that's a recent that's a recent pretty good read. Yeah, that's great. Um, what's another ministry that you're inspiring? You're kind of looking to that's inspiring you these days. Well, I, I, I'll name three. I've got three sort of sister mm-hmm. churches that are that are larger and innovative, and we're kind of in a group together. Well, it's a much larger group, but three in particular that I, I, I just glean a lot from. Um, uh, one is called CCV, Christ Church of the Valley in Peoria, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley Wooldridge is their XP. Don Wilson's the senior pastor. We connect well, and we learn so much from them. Uh, a second one would be Church of the Highlands. Chris Hodges, their XP is uh, Lane Schrantz. He's the one I would connect more with. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal work, brilliant guys. Mm-hmm. The third one is uh, 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 New Spring, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Perry Noble, the guy I, I talk with a lot, is uh, Jason Wilson. Jason Wilson, yeah. Jason, he's their XP. And, mm-hmm. and uh, they're just, uh, those three churches, I mean, we could name lots and lots and lots, right. but those three are particularly helpful and innovative and doing great, great stuff, and we look to them a lot. Great. Um, if you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, and you just to pick their brain, who would you uh, want to get the, that time with? You know what? That's that's a meltdown question for me. That, <laughs> that's like name your favorite movie. Yeah, and I'm, exactly. I'm going to have to go old school. Nice. Uh, my hero, uh, Billy Graham. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's just, I know I could probably get more creative, but I just got to tell the truth. Yeah, absolutely. There's something about him. I, I had a goal of having my meeting him and having my picture taken with him 10 years into my ministry, which actually happened. Oh, nice. And uh, had like 60 seconds with he and I and Maxwell. Nice. And and uh, he treated me, it was amazing. He treated me like I was the most important person on the planet. And he didn't know who I was. And right. just just a amazing individual. And if I, if I could actually talk with him for 15 minutes, I still would pick him. Absolutely. I think he might be the most mentioned on the podcast. He definitely, Is he? We've had, yeah, probably three or four people have, have mentioned him. Well, obviously, you know, he's had huge impact. Huge, uh, huge. Big, big time. All right. So when you're kicking back, you're trying to relax a little bit, you know, t- trying to, you know, get away from 12 stone. What do you do for fun? Just to kind of in your personal life. Well, I, I'm a sort of a closet uh, guitar player guitar collector i don't know if it's that closet it's pretty out there on you know, is your it? blog and you know okay. that stuff. well I, <laughs> I i i would say it's pretty well known also i'm not very good and i don't care because <laughs> it's how i unwind i love it i've been playing since i was a kid so and now i you know at this age and stage i can I, I can collect some pretty cool guitars so i love it i'm a kid in the candy store when i get near a guitar and uh cool. when i hear a great player it's just like it's the best. Very cool. Well, Dan, I appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you, uh, learn more about your ministry, you know, you've got some books out there. How can they do that? How can they be, get in touch? I, I think one one simple way is just go to my blog uh, and, you know, danryland.com, danryland.com, and you can, there's lots of articles and resources and things there for you. Otherwise, just get, you can get me through, uh, um, 12stone church. Yep. I'm easy, easy to find online. Uh, People email me all the time, and you're free to do that. Great. Thanks so much, Dan. Appreciate you being on the show today. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com, and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>